You are you are listening to Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Lavica. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Baseball, are we about to see games canceled? Seems like it. Are the 76ers the favorites in the East? And then yesterday, what a meltdown at PGA National. The Honda Classic, the local man, Daniel Berger, a faceplant for all faceplants. We'll do that in just a second in the listening lunch, but I want to tell you about Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, our sports law, sports agent insider here on Ken Levicka Live, decades uh, of trial experience with Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, also longtime NFL agent. You heard of Patrick Peterson. You heard of Tyron Matthew. That's right. Pat Lawler was their agent. So he is a man who is dialed in. He is a man who knows his stuff, but also he's a man who's going to help you get the compensation you deserve. He's multi-talented. Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. They, again, have decades of trial experience, whether it's a slip and fall, whether it is a boating accident or a car accident or a motorcycle accident, any type of personal injury matter, it's them. Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. And how do you know it's authentic? How do you know it's real? Well, the consultation is free. There aren't a lot of firms that are doing that. The consultation is free. All you have to do is log on to wanttolawyerup.com, wanttolawyerup.com. That's Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys, especially when it comes to personal injury attorneys. I'm not sitting here and talking them up unless I have known them for a long time and understand that they're trustworthy And that's where Pat Lawler comes in. He is the real deal. Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, wanttolawyerup.com. That's wanttolawyerup.com, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. Let's get to the listening lunch audio clips that you need to hear. And, well, we discuss them. It's your lunch time here on Ken LeVica Live. What's up, Kanye? That through the wire plan. I'm going to be distracted this whole listening lunch if we got that Kanye blaster, man. I'm grooving. Try and stay a little focused. <laughs> just a little focused. And we were just saying, we were talking about in the break, the Kanye documentary on Netflix. Genius. And I'm not I'm not the biggest Kanye guy. Because, again, new Kanye, I don't like new Kanye. Not his music, oh. just like the person. Yeah, tough to get on. You don't of. stand alone. No, but, 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 there is a Chicago part of me. And you see the early iteration of Kanye. How can you not love it and be inspired by it? That's all, I mean, honestly. Yeah. That that's that's how I've consumed the entire thing. You anybody that watches that is gonna pull at your heartstrings, no matter how you feel about the dude today. Like, For sure. And you'll see the genius. Yeah. Like, there's a part where Pharrell hears this Woo! for the first time. That is the best part. Man. And Pharrell's mind is like blown. He knows like something big is about to And happen. watching him and Jamie Foxx make uh Oh my god, slow jams. Slow jams. I I lost it. I'm getting tingly. I was running right around now. the house like, yo, it was wild. I'm getting tingly. Yeah. Sensations in my nether regions. (laughs) That was our promo for Genius on Netflix. I don't even know Luther Van Draws or Little Anita, but I sing it like I do. I got no clue. (laughs) We can get this part. Shit is going to (laughs) be. Let me, uh, speaking of uninspiring, baseball. That's right. Uh, We have to ruin the vibe with that. Buster only on SportsCenter as these idiots are meeting in Jupiter right now at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. We know what the outcome of this is going to be. We're going to be canceling games. 
to start the baseball season unless something miraculous happens like baseball Jesus reaches his arm down from the heavens and touches Rob Manfred on the head <laughs> and all of a sudden they're able to give up money, the owners, to these players. Here's Buster Olney about the potential ramifications if things continue to go south and bottom out today. At what point could they potentially go to the nuclear option, which is to say, you know what? We're just going to sit here and wait. And we're going to sit here and wait and see if unhappiness in the player ranks about the, you know, the lack of engagement by union leadership, which among players has been a conversation piece. They haven't been happy necessarily with the way these talks have gone. But if your ownership, you potentially could pursue the nuclear strategy of waiting to see if you can force major change of regime on the other side. Again, that's a strategy. It's possible they could, uh, you know, get, you know, in weeks from now, something that they're looking forward to. But the damage done to the sport in the interim would be monumental. I mean, that uh, Rob Manfred's word was what devastating. He's exactly right. It would be absolutely devastating. And we'll see if he and the owners take themselves, take that word seriously. I mean, the commissioner said it himself. It'd be devastating if he lose games. If you lose games, when is this going to be done? When are you actually going to play games? Not putting anything back on the schedule. But would it be, I guess in 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 theory, yes, it would be devastating because it would be a massive turnoff to fans. Yeah. It would be a terrible black eye. To whatever fans are left. That's the thing. We have sat here, and Theo, over the last two and a half weeks, and Stone can attest to it, I have tried, Stone, I have tried to elicit serious conversation about baseball and how fans would react and how you would feel if there were no games. Oh, trust me, I know. It it's almost like it. an NBA everyday conversation of you not trying to force it, but you need to get but it in there. Because I'm curious. I'm genuinely curious. And maybe maybe I'm just an idiot and a bad radio show host, and I can't elicit the, the type of response that I'm looking for. But we have talked about it over and over over the last two and a half weeks. How many calls have we gotten? on baseball and how you would feel what it's going to do to you personally about the game if games are canceled how many calls have we taken stone one one wow. one in two and a half weeks that is damning theo yeah and am i a good radio host uh-uh is this show good eh, maybe sometimes it's pretty good. it's pretty it's just fun but the fact of the matter is i have given a platform Several times over the last two and a half weeks, and there has been one, kind of one person who's decided that they care enough about baseball and it not starting on time to actually react to it. That's a problem yeah. in my mind for baseball. And you know what else? That one person ain't me because I don't even feel like talking about it right now. And it's D-Day, and that's sad. So. Yeah, the, the fact it's D-Day, and we're about to torpedo the opening portion of the season. Yeah. I don't know, Stone, if there are enough people that really give a damn about it right now because there's apathy and i've said it before yeah. i'll say it again apathy is the worst worst personality trait the worst feeling to have if you're a sports league coming from your fans yeah i think if you ask the fans or just the general public you know whether it was a petition or whether it was a a boatload of polls just ask them a simple question like do you care or would you care and just you know propose a certain question regarding the mlb all of it would be no, and it would be so sad to see the, the numbers load I mean, in. Beyond that, I don't even think people know this is going on. Like, I'm sure if we stood out at, like, uh, the square tomorrow and asked 20 people that walked by. They'd be hey, like, oh, you, isn't no, there a lockout going on no, or no, something? No, I'd be like, hey, did you see the, the Marlins game last night? They'd be like, yeah, how did it go? <laughs> 
Well, I, I, let's I go promise to, you. Let's go to Palm That's Beach. That's a good Garden. idea. That's content. I mean, let's we, do should, it. we should go to Palm Beach Gardens. We should go to uh, PGA and military where all the Trump supporters stand with their yeah. signs and their flags. And let's <laughs> let's let's bring our signs, our our uh, baseballs and yeah. Jeopardy signs, and see if people care. If we can if we can wedge ourselves between hey. the DeSantis supporter and the Trump supporter and hold up our sign and see if we can get some honks for it. Hey, Maybe we'll what? see how many people care. That's a genius idea. We need to get those because those are some dedicated folk. We need oh, to get those guys absolutely. up to Jupiter yeah. and they'll get some things done. Yeah, get some things done. <laughs> yeah, bring those people with their Punisher flags and their 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 American flags up there and see American if we can. Flags. Absolutely, because you're right. They are dedicated. They are out there. Rain or shine. Yes. Uh, guy's been president or not two years after the fact. Yeah. They are there. I need those people on it. They're dedicated. They're consistent. Yeah, they are consistent. They are consistent. They're loud. They're loud. They're obnoxious. They're proud. Absolutely. And, and you know what? They don't take no for an answer. They certainly don't take <laughs> no for an answer. And you know what? Living in reality is questionable to them. Maybe they can go up and make magic happen. They could. Uh, we need to get them to Jupiter. That's, absolutely. That's our hey, next if you regularly hang out at the Trump Corner, PGA and military in Palm Beach Gardens, We'll give you some baseball signs, yeah. and we are marching you up to Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. I demand change, and I think you're the people to do it. Bring baseball back. Walk up in there like Kanye. Bring say, baseball make back. Make baseball I'm let you great again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, MBGA. Mabuga. It's, it's the past time, man. Ken, how about this? We got our second caller. Holy hell. In a while. And his name's Billy, and he resides in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Billy is in Port St. Lucie. Billy, please tell me someone is upset or frustrated with what's happening with baseball. I'm pretty pissed, man. I, I don't want to get my money back for a game. Yeah. And, and you being up in St. Lucie, you know? and, and Billy, I'll say this, and, and this is another refrain that I've mentioned multiple times. I love spring training, and spring training means a lot to us, Paul. Yeah, me too. It means a lot to Jupiter, and it means a lot to all of you folks up in Port St. Lucie. And the fact that it's a wash second time in three years that it's going to be severely cut into or wiped out, that's a problem for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love going to games. I love making that a part of my thing. Um I actually have tickets to go see the Marlins and Red Sox in, um, I think, the 23rd of March. I don't want that to be canceled. I mean, the, the Red Sox are my team. I went yeah. to a couple games last year. I watch about every game on TV with the MLB package, and uh, it's a big part of my life. I'd be pretty upset. There's no season. Yeah, yeah and, and uh, I feel for you, and it sucks, and I appreciate the call. So, I just this is where I think reality hopefully for some starts to sink in. Yeah. Like if if there's not an agreement come to today, we're probably not getting this going until May. May. That's being generous. Billy did yeah. Billy did sound genuinely sad too. Genuinely upset. I do feel so bad for two guys calls like, in three weeks. Like Billy though. I feel bad for him <laughs> because he again, like, that's his team, the Red Sox. This is his time of the year to be able to see them like at a reasonable cost and reasonable travel for him. And for him not to be able to do that because a bunch of rich white guys can't agree on something is, is kind of a... It's, it's, it's really annoying. Really annoying. Mabuga, get up there to Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. I'm leading the charge. Get it. I punish your sticker on my car and we're going to roll up <laughs> to Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. What's up? Listening to lunch here on Ken Levick Alive. The Philadelphia 76ers. My God, what a basketball juggernaut. James Harden, Joel Embiid, who's going to stop him? A big win over the Knicks. What a statement win over the Knicks. Yeah, Jay Will Barrett. talking about it this morning, 6 to 10 a.m. on ESPN 106.3. Here's Jay Will on 
What's making Joel Embiid a superstar? Do you know why Joel Embiid had 37? Why? Because he had 27 free throw My attempts. My God. Oh, they're getting to the line. He went 23 of 27 from the free throw line. Because James put him in a lot of those situations where he was able to draw contact, and the game becomes easier for him. Man, two games. James Harden, Joel Embiid. Already favorites in the East. Yeah. My God. And the free throws. Theo, that's why. That's why Joel Embiid, he's maximized by James Harden because he's going to the line. Stone, guess who had the most free throw attempts in the NBA before James Harden got to Philadelphia? Joel Embiid. Correct. Yep. Oh, but James Harden setting him up at the line. Yeah. Those are two guys that don't need help to get to the line. Uh, the, the referees are going to get them there. And also, they're, they're that skilled and that different. Like, nobody moves on a dime like James Harden in the league. It's so weird his change of pace. And Joel Embiid is like a seven foot one slash seven two freak of nature mm-hmm. the way he moves and, and gets up and down. So it's it's a little weird. I mean, they're gonna shoot a lot of free throws, but I you gotta kinda show me. Sixers are good, but I need more than two games. You gotta show me. James Harden has flamed out in playoffs time after time after yes, time. Yes. Joel Embiid exactly. can't stay Correct. healthy as well Correct. as in fourth quarters in the playoffs. We've seen him just go flat. Yep. So yep. you gotta show me. That is, I mean, I, I legitimately was thinking about that this morning, Theo. When is the last time I've been inspired by James Harden in the postseason? Yeah. Why is now going to be different? Joel Embiid has had more inspiring postseason performances than James Harden has. So I just, I'm not willing after two games to say, oh, changing the face of basketball, Harden and Embiid. Because again, Joel Embiid already read the uh, led the NBA in free throw attempts. Yep. This is nothing novel. This is nothing. He was already new. The, the front runner for the MVP before they got Harden. Yes. Yeah. So uh, also too, you went up against a Knicks team that commits the seventh most fouls in the NBA. Yeah. Like <laughs> and a very inexperienced front line. Yeah. Like what am I missing here? So are the 76ers going to put teams in foul trouble? The answer to that is absolutely. Uh, what's the deepest bench in the in the NBA and certainly in the East? The um, El Heat. Yes. Miami. Correct. So the Heat are going to be able to throw bodies at the 76ers, especially bodies with size, yeah. better than anybody in the conference. All right, that's just stating facts. I'm not after two games going to sit here and freak out and say that the 76ers are the best option to win the East because of Harden and Embiid. I'm just not doing it. I'm not losing faith. Are they good? Yes. They were good without James Harden. Yeah. But have they showed that they're demonstrably better than the Heat or they're going to be able to beat the Heat in a seven-game series? No. They they have stars that are inconsistent, or at least Joel Embiid's play is consistent, but his health is a question a lot of times, and his, his fatigue is a question. Late in playoff runs. James Harden's health James is always a question. His health, his his will, like, does he care enough right now? Or, or was he at the strip club last night uh, having a, a good time? Like, yeah. I'm not saying you can't do both, but it hurts in playoff runs. And then, who's your third guy? Toby Harris? Mm-hmm. Tyrese Maxey? I don't think the Miami Heat are shivering at all watching this happen. They're going to have a good regular season. Could the Sixers season. beat the Heat? Sure. Yeah. Should I sit here and panic and anticipate it's going to happen? No. Also, it's Doc Rivers, like... If they go up 3-1, <laughs> the Doc one, Rivers you, effect. You kind of feel good. You're like, yeah. oh, they're up 3-1. All right, so this is our best chance to get this win. Listen, has it been a great start for the 76ers? Yes. You know it also had a great start before it completely bottomed out? Brooklyn. The Titanic. <laughs> wow. That is true. I mean, it got off to a great start crossing yeah. the North Atlantic until the <laughs> iceberg came. And that iceberg is going to be not good. Theo, yeah, I- yeah, PJ Tucker. 
It's the ice. <laughs> Theo, I think to your argument as, as as far as James Harden, does he care or not? I think he's probably on a mission more than he ever has been. Just oh, to prove, yeah, just, I've to, heard that. just to prove people wrong. On I, a I, mission. I've heard that enough. Yeah. I, I, I think he just can't let this opportunity slip because he will be thrown to the wolves. So yeah. I, I think him and him and Joel is going to help him he out. He doesn't so care. I don't think though. I think that's the problem. Like, you're right, he'll get thrown to the Wolves, but does James Harden care that he's thrown to the Wolves? I, We've been picking at him for not playing defense right. for eight years, and he still doesn't care. Are Wolves strippers? Yeah. Yeah, that, okay. that, now that. Maybe, he cares about being thrown to the Wolves. Maybe that's what Stone's talking about. There might be a, a place out there in Philly. Called Wolves. Called the Wolves. Yeah, to the Wolves. <laughs> I mean, I, I, me but, personally, I'm I'm ready to jump on the Sixers bandwagon. I think stylistically, that pick and roll, it's, it's, nice. it's probably the greatest pick and roll in the league by I, far I, right I, now in two yeah. games. No, you're right. It's the greatest pick and roll of all time through two <laughs> games. But look, hey, seriously. They played the right. Timberwolves and the Knicks. They played Carl Anthony Towns, right. who, is, who is as great as he is you offensively. You two of the most poverty franchises in the NBA, but don't worry, it's the greatest pick and roll we've ever seen. We By the way, the you know who commits the most fouls in the NBA? The Timberwolves. The Timberwolves. Oh, oh, but the free throws! My God, Joel Embiid's living at the line. Jay Williams. I think the Sixers shatter a record in in average free throw attempts by the by the end That's of the season not, or in the later half of the season. That's great. It's uh, going to translate to a lot no, of points in margin wise. Holler at me, Game Four of the Eastern Conference Semifinals when don't Joel Embiid is is hobbled and James Harden is going three for thirteen with nine turnovers. Don't make me, me side do. with these Sixers here. But but Theo, don't worry. James Harden is on a mission. So yeah yeah, so I, I forgot. I forgot the mission he was on. <laughs> this is like second I mean, come time on, in like Stone. 13 months just getting fat and, and quitting on his team. Why do we think it won't happen again? Right. Because he's in Philly. He just, like, there's the, a lot of cheesesteaks out there. Mm, there there's are a lot, lot of cheesesteaks out there. And there's also a lot of, uh, you know, establishments for him to enjoy himself like at night. Like wolves. <laughs> Seb Strachan is your new Honda Classic champion. I never heard of him before, and I host the only <laughs> golf radio show in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast, Honda Classic Live. He is Austrian with a deep South Georgia yes. accent. Yes. Unbelievable. Seb Straka <laughs> wins yesterday the Honda Classic. Daniel Berger entered Sunday with a five-shot lead, five and it was gone lead. in five holes. Yeah. The Dwyer man unable to hang on. Straka the winner, and afterwards... Our man, our myth, our legend, WPTV on News Channel 5 and WFLX Fox 29 and <laughs> Ken Levick Alive's own Theo Dorsey talked right. with Seb Strucker. Now, when you were uh, climbing back in this one, obviously it had to take for Daniel Berger to fall off a bit there and drop some shots. How aware were you of his score going, you know, him kind of opening that door for you and how much more confident did that make you when you, especially on that back nine there? Uh, yeah, I, I really didn't even see a leaderboard until I think it was right around the back question, nine, the, uh, the ninth oh, hole, I think. <laughs> and uh, that's the first time I really looked and realized yeah, that I was right, kind of right in the middle of it. But you really can't change your mindset too much. You just got to keep trying to uh, make birdies and pars. There's no way he didn't know, by the way. No, he absolutely knew. He's lying to you. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he, that's his, like, you know, he's trying to, like, play the brave face. I was yeah. just out there hitting the balls the way I would. He knew. Yeah. Uh, when I heard he was Austrian, first Austrian to ever win on the PGA Tour, I thought for sure I was going to so hear something that sounded like Arnold. Yeah. No. And instead, I heard something that sounded like, I don't know, Larry the Cable Guy. I was super nervous about this guy because we get, we get the one-on-one -on -one with the Honda Classic champion every <laughs> you year, nervous? right? So before I heard him open his mouth and speak, which is a very familiar accent to me because I covered South Georgia for like four years. And he went to what? He Valdosta went to Lowndes. State? He went to Lowndes. He went to UGA, Lowndes. actually. Oh, he, he was a UGA, UGA golfer. But he's from Valdosta. He went to Lowndes oh, High School, which is okay. a powerhouse in football. And yeah, he uh, went to UGA, played golf out there. And you know, they have a lot of golfers coming mm -hmm. out of that program. 
But I heard him start talking. I'm like, hold on, where's this guy from? I Google it, and I, you know, I, I, I'm like, okay, so this is this is very familiar. And he was cool, and he's stoked about playing in the Masters next. From Vienna to Valdosta, the Sepp Straka story. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'll write his biography. It's awesome. But Daniel, <laughs> thank you, uh, Daniel Berger, the Dwyer alum, five shot lead. Uh. And he finishes fourth. We had wrote our stories. We had already. I was preparing all these questions for Daniel Berger. I mean, we. I started reading old articles to gain some more factoids, and then five holes in. I mean, it was over. He gacked that away. Like, what time did you get there, Stone, on Sunday? I know you pulled up. Yeah, were, I were got you there from the start. Yeah, I watched Daniel Berger tee off. I was actually like five feet away on the first tee. So you watched the. So was he on every putt? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, he was. I watched him stroke the four iron right down the pipe first fairway, and I was like, "Well, this is gonna be a good day." The crowd was there for him. Big gallery yeah. followed every shot he took, and then to wrap it up, as he's finishing fourth, he has to finish up in a monsoon. Uh, oh, that rain was bad. Daniel Berger, I mean, that's a choke yesterday, right? Oh, it monster choke job. Stone choke. It's, I mean, it's a record-setting choke. Yeah, that was the the tied for the the largest tournament lead through 54 holes in right. Honda Classic history, and Daniel Berger had lost it five holes in. Man, I mean, he took him five holes. It was incredible, honestly, because I was out covering another golfer at the time. I just couldn't believe what was happening, and I was like, I can only imagine what he looks like mannerism-wise and what the feel is from the audience. Who wants to root for him? Yeah. Right, and he's just hitting but these things into the wood. I need to, I need to, to, to compare it to something here. Blowing a five-shot lead on Sunday. What's the other sports equivalent mm. of blowing a five-shot lead on Sunday in golf? How do you equate it to a choke in other sports? What is the other sports equivalent of blowing a five-shot Sunday lead like Daniel Berger did yesterday? Eight eight eight. 760-3776, 888-760-3776. Twitter is open at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. What is the other sports equivalent of blowing a five-shot Sunday lead? He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka, author of the Sepp Straka biography, and we're live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. I mean, Theo, I feel bad. I feel bad saying choke and Daniel Berger in the same sense because Daniel Berger's our guy. Yeah. I think he's a nice dude, too. He's a local. We Everybody are was proud of him. him. Everybody was rooting for him yesterday at the Honda Classic. But when you're up five going into Sunday, and not only, not only do you not win the tournament, but you also lost that entire lead in five holes. It was so quick. Like, that's a choke, right? That's a, It was an epic choke job. Um, hmm. And even, I'm not... Even he would have to kind of admit that. And the thing that hurts the most for me is, yes, he lost out on winning the Honda Classic, but also he lost like about a million dollars worth of earnings. I know. Because he dropped not just from first to second, but all the way to fourth. Uh, could you look up real quick, Stone, what fourth place got yesterday? I mean, obviously we know 1.44 mil was what uh, Sepp Straka yeah. won. That was uh, the the winner's total for the Honda Classic. And I I glanced it at was, it yesterday. Um, I, I know second place was eight. It was like around eight or seventy five or something yeah. like that. The, so he fourth made, place he, was like under four hundred thousand. I, I know that. Oh man, it that was like sucks. slightly under four hundred thousand. That really sucks. Um, so yeah, he lost. About $1.1 $1. $1 million. Mm. Yeah, it was $392,000. Yeah. 
That's <gasps> tough, dude. 1.4, over 1.4 to what, 392,000? Mm -hmm. And if you heard his post-round uh, presser from Saturday, I mean, he was pretty much talking about, yeah, like all I got to do is come out here, play my game, and the trophy's mine. Yes. Like, he was counting those at 1.4 million. I would be too. He was bogey free. Yeah, yeah, bogey he three on the front nine. Yeah, and, and he had he had two bogeys in his first 54 holes, while everybody else was just mm. like average or getting killed yeah. by PGA National. And then Sunday is when PGA National bit him in the ass Got over him. and over and over again. And he had been dominant on that front nine. Like those two bogeys had came on the back nine yep. the first two or three rounds, and he birdied like I want to say like seven. Of his first 18 on the front nine, like it, he was dominating the front nine, and the collapse there at the beginning of the day, you just knew he wasn't going to bounce back and win it. Mm, just mentally, it, you, you got to be done after that. That is, uh, that is really, really, really rough. Uh, you know what else is really, really, really rough is uh, if your AC goes out, if it just goes <laughs> and it's hot and it's terrible. Uh, and let's be honest, if you allow your AC to go out without a kit and maintenance, uh, you've choked like Daniel Berger, mm. okay? Certainly. EDS air conditioning. EDS is, yes, EDS is what is keeping you from having to check into a hotel because your house is too hot this summer. You know how de how demoralizing it is when you have to go spend money to spend two nights, three nights at a hotel because you uh, have allowed your AC to just crap out on you? Because uh, nobody gets their AC checked until it dies, until like, would you? Would you? If you weren't feeling good, oh, I've got heart palpitations and my chest hurts. Would you just allow that to keep going until you drop dead? Like, no. So why would you do that with your AC? You got to make sure that your AC is good to go. Get it maintenance. And if you've left it to the last minute and it's crapped out on you, well, EDS is where you got to get to. EDS is yes, EDS air conditioning. Family owned and operated, been doing it since 2006. That's EDS Air Conditioning Servicing, all of South Florida. They're dependable. They are extremely well-trained, certified. They are going to get you taken care of. They handle plumbing needs as well, but they're also a trained comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. They're using the best equipment. Do something good for yourself, especially a lot of you have moved down here to Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast in the last, oh, I don't know, three and a half, four months. Hey, uh, this is just a little bit of a spoiler alert. It's going to get unbelievably oh, yeah. hot. And oh. you need your AC not only to work, but it's going to be working hard. So you need to make sure that it's good to go. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is yes. EDSAirConditioning.com. Again, EDS is yes. You can thank me later, but you'll want EDS. What is the other sports equivalent of Daniel Berger Gacking away a five-shot lead on Sunday like he did yesterday at the Honda Classic. What is the other sports equivalent? M-Dubs tweets, the equivalent is the Falcons blowing 28-3 to in the uh, Super Bowl. That's, that's an easy go-to. I think I, don't, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. I would say it's easier to choke a five-shot lead at the Honda than it is to choke a 28-3 to lead that late in the third quarter in the Super Bowl. Can I? How about I make this comparison? Okay, let's go all the way back to yesteryear, 2003, the NLCS, Marlins and Cubs, mm. the Bartman game. Okay? Oh, okay. okay. So the Marlins put up seven in the eighth to take the lead and beat the Cubs in game six to improbably even things up three games apiece and force a game seven at Wrigley Field. Okay? You still feel like, all right, I've got a chance, though. There's still hope. This is Daniel Berger after five holes yesterday. I've lost my lead. <laughs> but there's still some hope, yeah. okay? I'm shell-shocked, but there's still some hope. Then Game 7 starts. 
The Marlins jump out to a 3-1 to lead. And then Kerry Wood, the pitcher for the Cubs, ties it up with a titanic home run. And you're thinking, all right, all right, our pitcher just hit a two-run bomb to tie things up in the second. We're good to go. We are actually going to go to the World Series. And then the Marlins proceed to put the Cubs away. And you're left listless and broken like Daniel Berger. How about that for a comparison it's not bad. to what Daniel Berger had happened to him yesterday? It's pretty apt. Yeah. It's pretty apt. It's yeah. not bad. You know, one game I thought about that uh, it it went the way that we hoped it would for Daniel Berger is that Rams-Bucks um, divisional round game from this playoffs where you have the huge lead, you blow it in the matter of like a snap of a finger. And then you just come up with a, a, a miracle play. Right, right. But Daniel Berger was missing that, you know, cup over the middle, single covered by a safety moment. Um, and yeah. Sepp Straka didn't allow for it. That moment actually didn't even really come close to happening. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, what, three shots? Because he also just, he, he 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 was within striking range in that back nine. Like, last five, oh, yeah. six holes, we were like, there's still a chance. We're still crossing our fingers yeah, he, that we can. He birdied 15. He chipped in. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. When he birdied 15, we're like, okay. He was one back. There's a shot here. There's a shot here. And nobody was thinking Sepp Straka. And then, no, nobody had even heard of Sepp Straka. Yeah. Yeah, we were trying. An Austrian with a Georgian accent. <laughs> Until you and write. not the country Georgia, yeah. but like the South state Georgia. Georgia, like South Southern Georgia, 20. which I think is awesome. Seb Straka, I had never heard of him until yesterday, and now I want to know everything about him. How does an Austrian develop a South Georgia accent? I love it. I want to know him. And he told you, you asked him, how are you going to make sure you celebrate everything here tonight after winning? He goes, I don't know, but I'm going to try. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite line of the year. Sep, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Stone, Sep Strzok is my guy. He's An Austrian with drinking. a Georgia accent. He's probably still chugging Hell some yeah. drinks right and now. And he's going to play at the Masters now because he won the Honda Classic? Dude, imagine that. he had That like, accent's going to sound good in oh, Augusta. Yeah, it's going to sound at home. Yeah, he's going to be one of the stories of the Masters. You, you got to think, Cause a guy, he, but largely because he's an Austrian with a Georgia accent. They're going to eat him up. They're going to love that out there at Augusta National. I love it, man. Include it in chapter one of your biography you're writing. That's from Vienna it. to Valdosta, the Sepp Straka story. <laughs> uh, by the way, South Beach Mambo uh, tweets. Daniel Berger, what he did, equivalent to Warriors up three one on the Cavs. Mm. Extreme. Well, you think okay. it's a trim? So you guys really are sort of underselling, blowing a five-shot lead here. The, are you trying to give the local guy the benefit of the doubt? You don't have to. I, I think, think it's easier to it's easier to blow that because of how how volatile the game of golf is, especially on that Champions Course at PGA National. Like, it was weird that he blew it in the front nine, though. Like, if it happened at the Bear Trap or something, I would have been more like I would have been more surprised or yeah. like, less surprised. I mean, but yeah, I mean the the three-one comeback by Cleveland had never happened before in NBA history. People blow five-stroke leads all the time. Maybe not a Honda Classic, but they do it all the time. So that's, I mean, that's a little extreme. How often does that? I don't think that happens all the time. It because doesn't. Because people started bringing up, like, um, who's the the, uh, the, one, the guy that did it at the Masters, um, his, you know, famously blew a six-stroke lead at the Masters final day. I forget his name. Well, when you're talking about any blown lead at the Masters or anywhere, it's Greg Norman. Greg Norman, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's it, yeah. He had, like, a six-shot lead and blew it. People were bringing that up, and I'm like, if you're digging that deep, like to the main, you know, blown lead in golf, then this must be substantial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's, That's what it I'm was saying. Wild. I think you guys are trying to cushion the blow for Daniel Berger. You don't have to do it. You don't. You don't have to do it. Somebody's got to do well, it. I, I know. Somebody's got to do it. Well, I, I like Theo's TV guy, and so I know that he's going to end up interviewing Daniel Berger. Yeah, and so he wants to line, like, yeah. hey, it's okay, Danny. And then Stone, <laughs> he's new to this, so he wants everybody to like like him. <laughs> Me. Daniel, you choke, dude. <laughs>
You choked, dude. In a matter of 30 minutes, too. Uh, yeah, it was it, it, it was, was so quick. It was not a slow bleed. It was uh taking a, a sword to the jugular. Like that was a, a quick bleed out. It was unbelievable. Five shot lead gone in five holes. I think that's what makes it also so like if it happened through the 18 like little by little more suspense. Yeah, then we would be like, "Oh, like oh, no. Yeah. He just that's why it's no nothing other than he absolutely choked it. And now, it's not like you know, Sepp Straka was just amazing. He he did great in those last few holes. It wasn't like he was getting chased down by Shane. He just Shane. was more consistent. He just Sepp was Straka was more good. consistent. And you know what? I and and again, I, I'm not trying to like pile on Daniel Berger. It's a crappy feeling. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's got to be a crappy That's feeling. And guy. I like Daniel Berger because again, he's nice. Good guy. He's good. I thought he should have been in the Masters two years ago. He played extremely well in the Ryder Cup. He's one of the best players. That's another thing, too. It's not like this was some upstart local kid where uh, he just felt the pressure of the moment. This is an established guy, an established international player who fell apart on a course that he had dominated for three days. It's also a testament to how damn hard PGA Stuff. National is. And that's what he said in his post-game presser. And Theo, we talked about how well he handled it. He said, yeah. I just wasn't as consistent I was in the first three days. He said, this is golf. This is kind of how it happens a lot of the time. It was my fault. I couldn't get my mentality back on track. By the way, our boy Ricky, uh, he DMs me on Instagram. Uh, he said the bogey on the last for Daniel Berger cost him a lot of money. If he birdied the last... Uh, he would have finished uh, tied for second. Yeah, he would have second. It would have been eight hundred something thousand dollars, but instead that bogey dropped him all the way down to three hundred and eighty-four thousand mm. dollars. And that's the thing about it too. It I was mean, that like, bogey cost him four hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Like he didn't have it the whole day. And if this happens day two, nobody cares. We don't think about it. But this happened on Sunday when you were the not. It yeah. was also a betting favorite. Like a lot of people had put money on him before the tournament and picked him as the guy. And he had a lot of people looking like geniuses, and then, and then, man, epic. I I do want to say, other than Daniel Berger not winning, like the last four days were awesome. It was a great time. I mean, so amazing. It was awesome. We saw so many ESPN 106.3 fans rolling out there. Uh, a lot of people thinking that we actually worked at PGA National, asking us for directions, even yeah. while we're on the air. We're gonna have to work on that for the co- next coming <laughs> years, because again. I don't work at PGA National, and no, I don't automatically know where the bathrooms are, where the Ambassador Club is. We'll work on that. But other than that, everything was good. And uh, we appreciate you guys coming by, saying hi, listening to us in the the four days we were out at PGA National. Now, Stone Theo got in a little bit of trouble yesterday. Mm. Stone, to my knowledge, is the only ESPN West Palm teammate to get yelled at by security at the Honda Classic this weekend. And he went to one day of the Honda Classic. Stone, by the way, great job keeping things held down here. But once you get out there amongst the people, he cannot help himself. Come on, man. He can't help himself Still just a being a guy. golf delinquent. Right. Yeah. This man this man has to mature. Yeah. What happened yesterday, Stone? Well, actually, this morning I actually you know, had to talk with the boss, too. So, it, I mean, it, it, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wait, so you got tattled on? I, I did get tattled on by somebody on, You're you know, tattling on, right now. on the tour. So I'll just give it all up. So, oh, okay. hey, PGA Tour, get over it. Get over it. The kid in in the birdie crew shirt and black jeans deserves to be so inside wait, the so, rope. So, so here's what, what happened. happened here. And we need names of whoever on the PGA Tour tattled on you, by the way. Yeah, so do I. But here's what happened. You know what? I support Greg Norman's Saudi financial backed tour now. Yeah. I'm angry. Greg wait, am Norman. I? Uh, uh-oh. Uh, I, I'm going to have all Mickelson my sponsors now. leave me. Yeah, yeah. you're with Mickelson. Yeah. So I'm up on the deck at 16. They were giving out free bourbon shots, right? They were just Uh-oh. lining them up, lining them up. Uh-huh. So I'm sitting there, and we hear the roar. 
Daniel Berger, the hometown kid, chips in for birdie at 15. The place went crazy. Now he's one back. So we get in good position. I got my media pass on, just my little dinky media pass. We get in position on 16 to watch Berger and Lowry come up. Now he's one back, and, and, and the, the guy he's playing next to is one up on him. Mm-hmm. So they drive. Both of them go middle of the fairway. And I'm like, hey, I got to get a direct line behind Daniel Berger and the green because 16 is a big green, a lot of opportunity. He's got a nice cut shot. I figured, wow, this could be a really good shot. For, for what, our social media? Yes. Oh, I was what doing a, a, what a team player. Yeah, hey, yeah those no videos doubt. Are crisp, too. Yeah, those videos are. that Stone Stone's, Stone's a good social media-er. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was handling some of the social. You know, the boss put me on it. So I was like, you know, let me get this good shot behind the hometown kid. If he puts this near the hole, this place is going to go crazy. Let me get the shot. So I step inside the ropes. And I line up about probably 20 yards behind Daniel Berger, pop to a knee. I'm getting my angle. And the police officer and another guy, you know, with the $40,000 camera, all these badges on, was like, hey, you don't have inside the ropes access. And I was like, okay, I apologize, I apologize. Well, I just try to skimper on back about five yards out of their sight and pop to a knee. Got another good angle. I'm like, here we go. And then here comes the police officer. Sir, I told you. And I said, all right, I apologize. So I step inside the ropes, and I just do a little lean, crappy shot. Lost my shot. Couldn't Dang. get it. It's all right, man. It happened. And then I got told on from somebody on the tour, somebody from the Honda Classic team, that, hey, that kid, uh, he was inside the ropes, and he shouldn't have been. So got in a little bit of trouble. But all it was right. for the team. It was for the crew. It was for the crew. And you know what? Honestly, like, uh, fine. It happened. You're not the first media member yeah. who, who uh, tried to get inside the ropes. I don't feel like you should have gotten tattled on to be. I quite called honest. Tyree. I, I called the TV team. I said, Tyree, are you coming on 16 with Burger? He said, No, I'm on 17. And Brian, producer, is on 18. I was like, Okay, cool. I'm gonna get inside the ropes and get this shot for you guys on 16. Yeah. You know what? Here's here's what I'm gonna say right now. Okay. And I know that the boss got involved. You had to sit down and talk to the boss. Okay. <laughs> but me, me, Ken Levicka, the man who Stone works with every single day, Theo. Yeah. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna uh, absolve him oh, of yeah. any of his sin here because honestly. You know what? Like, he, he even checked with a teammate to see, hey, you're going to get here with a guy who maybe potentially a local big-time story is going to hit the, the shot of the tournament. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he was told no. So he tried. He sacrificed he himself did. I did. for the better good of the ESPN West Palm team. And you know what, Stone? I respect the hell out of that. Yeah. So, fine. Whoever wants to tattle can tattle. If it's someone on the PGA Tour, someone of the Honda Classic, as someone who works with the Honda Classic, I do the only golf radio right. show in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast, Honda Classic Live, uh, Saturdays, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Yes, sir. I absolve you, and I appreciate you. We and you know to. what? As long as you don't abuse it, I appreciate your hustle and you trying to do something for this team because this is your team first. Damn right. Honda Classic, PGA Tour, second. That's second. right. <laughs> I appreciate that. And, um, I, and, I'll continue, and I'll continue to fight. Stone, well done, man. Good fight, man. You tried, you tried to, to, to do something that we weren't going to have otherwise. Didn't work out. Now, if it happens again next year, like I think it's actually going to be really <laughs> difficult to defend you. But you know what? Rougher. I appreciate your hustle on that. I definitely appreciate you. Well, I thank you, sir. Uh, you know what, Theo? Round of applause. Round of applause. I mean, this guy. They don't make him like Stone no, anymore. He's trying to make an impact. You know what? I appreciate that. Yeah, right here, I appreciate man. that. Yeah, damn right. He's yeah. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash mba sport. Theo, are you going to have to talk 
Marlins tonight. Derek Jeter leaving as CEO. I'm being called up. I'm being called up like a uh, oh, like a man. pitcher uh-huh. to go up and, and talk Marlins at five on WPTV. Hey, WPTV, do the right thing. Bring Brandon Nesbrol back in yes. here. Uh, she was in here to react to the, the Flores, the, the Flores firing, yeah. and that was some damn good content for TV. It we was were great. rolling through calls. It was excellent. Uh, do the same thing here with the Marlins and Derek Jeter, and you can do a whole TV package with this sound in the background. Because that is going to be the amount of reaction we're going to get. Have the guts, WPTV. <laughs> Poor Theo. Poor silence. Poor. Uh, just silence. Crickets. It's just going to be me and Theo ranting about irrelevant, irrelevant, yeah. irrelevant. Oh, uh, let's get to the Temple of Troll. Congregation, it's time to hear the good word. He prays for your sports pain. Rocio then rejoices and preaches pettiness. Theo Dorsey is in his bully pulpit in the Temple of Troll. Uh, Ken, you, you know, I, I, I made this one special because I know we have a special audience that's here today in Jupiter meeting at Roger mm-hmm. Dean Chevrolet Stadium. Mm-hmm. And I know they got the sports radio tuned up in there because there's no way they're getting business done. Nope, turn it up. So, so for all of y'all in there, Rob Manfred and friends, Robbie, I'll, I'll say that. Uh, here, I wanted to give you a quick list of things that are going to get done before you guys come to an agreement and get the baseball season underway for the MLB. Uh, Mike Tomlin will have a losing season. <laughs> before the MLB decides to get its stuff together and get a collective bargaining agreement. Um, Kyrie Irving will want to play basketball. <laughs> Kyrie Irving will sign up to play basketball uh-huh. full-time uh-huh. before they come to an agreement. Dr. Dre, heard of that guy? Yeah. yeah. He's going to drop Detox. He's going to finally release <laughs> Detox before they get it going. And then also, this one's the most important. Uh-huh. Emmanuel Acho will finally be banned from all televisions <laughs> before they get a collective bargain agreement for the MLB. Yeah, that's right. I got some some side shot trolls at some guys that I also wanted to poke at today. Get a deal done. That's get baseball why back. He is the Prince of Petty, the Temple of Troll, <laughs> Theo Dorsey. Real quick, hey, hey, if you're going down to the Heat game, take Brightline. Mm. West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, take the station. I love going with the premium. Go Brightline.com, the free Brightline app. Drops you off a block and a half away from FTX Arena. It's the only way to get to the heat. That's Brightline. GoBrightline.com and the free Brightline app. For Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights, Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. We've been live on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye. Sure.